0: Welcome to the Grounded Stylist Podcast, where mindfulness and the beauty industry meet. I'm your host, Brooke Kenyon, and I'm passionate about teaching stylists how to stay grounded behind the chair and cultivate their dream career in life. Join me weekly so we can grow and journey together as you learn tangible pathways to success while protecting your peace. Welcome today. I am super excited to have Laura Elizabeth
1: with me today on the podcast. Hi, Laura. How are you? So good. Thank you for having me. It's so, I love podcasting and it's just exciting to be asked to be on someone's podcast. So thank you for having me as your guest.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm super excited. I think we were just chatting before we, um, you know, jumped on officially about how we are kind of intertwined and interconnected in some of our circles. And so it's really exciting to sit here and kind of talk about these topics that excite both of us. So um, you're a hairstylist, educator, and mindset coach as well that helps hairstylists grow their confidence and their business. So I think all of those things are so important. Like you can't have one without the other, if we're being honest. Like in order for your business to flourish, you really need to have um a good mindset, stability, and be able to gain that perspective of, you know, the, the positivity in things. So, um, I love that you're bringing that into the industry. I think it's super important. Um, I was talking to, um, Britt Carmichael about this as well. When I spoke with her that, It's such a cool movement that we're having in the industry right now where hairdressers are really saying, hey, you don't have to feel burnt out all the time. You don't have to feel like you're at your wits end. And if you can get into alignment, all of these things that you're really struggling to achieve can become a little bit easier. It can flow a little bit smoother. And so um, I love that we're all kind of in this journey of inspiring stylists to kind of not fall into that programming that we kind of were built was built into us maybe in hair school um or in general so as far as that like topic of success um you know let's talk about how not putting so much pressure on yourself to show up in every area of your life all the time is, is important. Like this is something that many of us are programmed to, to, to do, like I mentioned earlier. So can you share with me how you think this is actually a stumbling block and not a building block to success as far as overworking yourself and feeling like you need to do everything on your own,
1: how, how that's actually a hindrance. I'm still in the process of navigating it, which is why I love talking about this. So let's dive into that. Yeah yes. Um, you know, I think so much of our industry, especially those of us who have been here for a while, was have been taught from previous mentors. If you think about the people who taught us, those were those people like 15, 20 years ago who taught them. Then now we're going back to another like 40 plus years ago. And those of us that are in the industry now have been taught essentially a really like the methodology behind working was work hard for what you earn. And that was instilled in that generation because of the state of economy that it was in when that generation was being taught that. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to get too deep into that. But when it comes down to like how I was brought up and taught, it was about like, you need to earn your keep. You got to work really hard to get your way to not even the top, but just to to make a good income and to be seen as um, an expert within your industry. And I carried that with me for a very long time in our industry, thinking this is the only way to earn my keep. And that meant for me working behind the chair in the salon, mentoring assistants in my salon, working with an education company, probably a cumulative working hours per week were well exceeding like 60 plus hours a week. And maybe having, maybe having one day off every 14 days. Like it was bananas how I was working because that's what I thought you were supposed to do to be seen as success or be seen as someone who's successful. Mm -hmm. And I've let a lot of things go. I, I teach a lot of stylists on how, or I speak, I should say, on how you know we shouldn't have to hustle our way to success. Mm-hmm. But still, in this po- space of my life of being multifaceted and multi passionate, it's still really hard to not want to be great at doing it all all the time, yeah. right? Like you want to show up and be a really good mom and a really good hairstylist and a really good educator and a really good mentor, and then at the end of the day, you're like, I have zero left for anybody else, let alone myself. Um, so it's still like a navigating, it is a stumbling block. And I think if it continues to come up and like knock you on your ass, like it's a, it's a humbling way of being like, I need to let something go, or I need to rebalance certain things out mm-hmm. because it's definitely going to continue to show up for your learning lesson as you continue yeah. to grow in the industry.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of in my mind, like laughing while you're, saying this because I literally, before I got on, was having a conversation with my husband about how I was offered an opportunity, um, to, um, educate for a company. And he's like, so where are you going to fit that in? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? And I, I'm like, I'm, t- I'm, I'm like logicing. Oh, but you know, I could do this and rearrange that. And he looked at me and he goes, is that going to make you happy? Mm -hmm. You just feel like you need to because you know, you can. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're right. We are multifaceted. We're creatives, right? Um, I I love being of service to people. And I've known from the very beginning of my career that I wanted to teach stylists, you know, and so that excites me to be able to do that. And I have been an educator for the last almost 12 years. So I think uh, it just kind of spoke to me even in that moment, like you do need to be able to release things in order to receive the next best thing or to level up or to evolve. And when we try to do it all, it it is, it is a stumbling block. It's stifling, it's suffocating. It's like, at some point you just can't maintain all of that and be balanced within your own body and your, your family or whoever else you
1: feel um, you spend your time with outside of your career. Absolutely. I've noticed my nervous system has been the one thing that is like the big red light that flashes when I'm hitting burnout or when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when my body's like, you have to slow down. Yeah. You cannot continue this pace. You cannot sprint your way through this year. You have to slow down. And so my nervous system feels irregulated. I have to like, I really, I have to be really more intentional about slowing down and giving myself just space and time to like reprioritize. And yeah. something I want to share I actually had a call last or not call. I was with my therapist last week yeah, and we were talking a lot about business and work and overall and parenthood and motherhood. And she was giving me this beautiful example of, you know, like the scale, like the balancing scales mm-hmm. that they have. Like if you think about Libra, it's their zodiac mm-hmm. sign. And the scale, she's like, it's kind of like, if you think about being like, if you think about buckets, so you have like parenthood and you have your business and you have your education company and you have uh, being a wife and all these things, and you, you're somewhere in there. Yeah, You're, you're never going to have the scale or very rarely will the scale be even. You are always going to have one that's going to be neglected, right? And one's right. going to be really heavy. And when you notice that you're having like an empty bucket because it's floating up high and like the heavy buckets that are being really saturated are down low, you then pour a little bit more into that bucket. And then the scale starts to tilt again. She goes, and that's okay to have that type of balance in life. Life's not always about being literally equally balanced. And I think that's something we strive for is this like vision of perfection that like everything is always balanced. It will be so much better. And that's not even like a real... Thing. there's you not know. even yeah it's unobtainable yeah. and it gave me a really nice like sense of p- a peace of mind knowing like it's okay to pour more into one thing for a short period of right. time but don't neglect the things that are needing your attention like your family or yourself or yeah. your spouse and maybe sometimes it is work that's getting neglected like re-attend to it when the time comes but don't beat yourself up about it when it gets too empty because that's just the phase of life you're in Right. And I like that you said not
0: to beat yourself up about it too, because it is like, there's an ebb and flow to balance. And I think that the way you described it, actually, your therapist or however you re, re- relayed that was, was beautiful because there are times where you need to pour more, um, into family or you need to pour more into this part of your career or that part of your career. Um, but in trying to kind of re, you know, adjust that and, and be mindful of even like you said, self-care, because I think a lot of times even we, we try to balance out family and then work and we forget us. <laughs> and if if we're not taking time to do that either, then we're not being able to really show up authentically for anyone or anything. So, um I I love that mental picture. I'm going to I'm going to utilize. I'll probably have that in Steal my. Do it. <laughs> it
1: and share it. It's meant to be shared. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um okay, so this was something that you and I kind of had a little chat about on Instagram the other day. So, I wanted to bring it back up here with us um on this podcast, but Success is very individual. In my opinion, I think like, um, it's very hard, even for me as somebody who, um, is reinventing themselves behind the chair, because I've been doing this for 24 years and I've I feel like I've done it all, but, um, I was in education and sales for the last six years with both a scissor company and a distributor, and then going back to doing hair and then freelance educating in the world of social media, right. We're looking at like this comparison and like what success and success needs to be defined by this, 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 and this. And what I subscribe to is that success is very individual. It can't be defined solely by a number, both in clients or dollars in your bank account. So how do you help the people that you coach find their own pathway to success and not one that's built out of comparing themselves to someone else's ideals? And the reason I'm passionate about this as well is because even just yesterday, I was speaking to a stylist and I said this to him. I said, hey, you know, success is individual. And he looked at me and he goes, I don't want to be rich. You know, he's like, (laughs) I think people think that like you need to be booked to 12 hours a day and have X number of dollars in the bank, or you're not doing a good job, you know? So being able to speak to what works for each individual person. And so how do you kind
1: of walk people through like that pathway for them? I firmly believe and we probably align in this, I believe so wholeheartedly that the success has to start and it sounds so cliche, but from the inside, but it really does because- if you don't have a good vision of what the quality of life or the feeling you want out of life or the balance that you would like between work and family and whatever else you do in your free time, like if you don't really understand what those are for you, you are going to get lost in the comparison game of thinking like, if only I become an educator or an influencer, or if only I'm booked and busy for like six months out in advance, or if only I make $100,000, like then I'll truly feel the success I'm looking for. And let's just say you hit those things and you're like, okay, now that's it. Like that, that's all I get. You're never going to, you don't really have anything to obtain with that. It's for me, when I was going down the path of figuring out what felt good for me, I did probably fall victim to following someone else's success plan because that's just how things used to be done back in the day. (laughs) But as I went down that path and I realized like, man, I don't want to be working 60 hours a week. I don't want to be gone like two or three weekends out of the month. Like I want to have a better quality of life. I want to have more money that I can have more freedom and time to do what I really want to do and follow different passions. And so I had, I was just really challenging myself and getting attention about, now that I know what I know, how can I pivot? What can I start doing more of? Or how can I find even just a little bit of time, this is before babies, but even find a little bit more time to explore other parts of myself that I don't even know I like yet. And as I started doing that, that's where the success actually really started to unfold for me, was understanding that learning how to do hair is a passion, but it's still a tool and I like what you said this in our chat, it allows you to create the income as a vehicle to get to where you want to be. Yep. So the more I became my own version of success within the industry, which for me, that was specializing in extension services, becoming that person in my area, which then opened up opportunities for education, which then had me traveling and teaching, doing like clients. There weren't celebrity clients, but they were pretty high end clients.
0: Um,
1: and doing, I got opportunities from that because I was intentional about what I wanted out of it. And then the money came and then the opportunities came and I was able to position myself because I got clear on what those things were. And that's my success. I can teach that to people, but that doesn't mean that's going to be their success. So when I'm working with people on like, what are we really diving into? Like, what would your dream life look like? And I think that's a hard question for a lot of people to answer. It used to be for me until I started living it. And then I'm like, Oh, now I know what that is. (laughs) Really understanding, like, what is your dream life? And not playing small and being like, well, it'd be nice to be out of debt. And it'd be nice to, you know, have a couple, no, like really like fucking, what is your dream life? Like what would be a really amazing life for you to live? Because if you've seen it out there, that's cool. You're inspired by it, but what yeah. are you going to do to actually get yourself to that point? Right. And how can you use your industry doing hair as a vehicle, making money to get you there? Right.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up too. And that's something that I learned um, a while back when I did some, some kind of like generational money healings. Oh, I love money that. talk um, was that money is not the goal. Money is the vehicle to get you to the goal. And for me, the goal is freedom and money can help foster that because then I have the freedom to, to go, um, you know, maybe pay for my kids to go to college or, or buy their car, or when I go teach, my husband can come with me and, you know, things like that. And that, that, those are things that are part of my defined version of that, you know, my defined version of success. And, you know, so I think that it is hard for people to answer that question because I think they've not been dared to dream bigger than the glass ceiling, so to speak. And um, I'm going to jump into some of the, you know, manifestations and affirmations that I use here a little bit later. But I think that that's something that, you know, your options are really limitless, you know, and you should, in my mindset coaching, which I think is is a similar kind of pathways is is really allowing yourself to to be connected to yourself in a way that you can open up and, and dare to dream bigger than what society says you should, Right. Um, so that you can turn around in a few years and go, Oh my God, like I, this was only a dream, you know, a few years ago. And I even have to stop myself with that now because my last um, you know, version in this lifetime of uh in the industry was I worked for a distributor and it had gotten to a point where it was like very like I had a grown a, over a million dollar territory. I was like nonstop selling and it didn't feel it didn't feel good to me anymore because I like to be of service. It became a sales job instead of a service position. And, um, you know, I had to kind of stop and say, this isn't, this isn't bringing me joy anymore, you know? And I think that a lot of times and the money was there. Right. So, You do have to kind of like stop and make those, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but make those reevaluations in your life as to what's really important and kind of hit reset. And I think, um, uh, through doing that, I was able to come to this place of, of doing, you know, where I'm at and really being fulfilled and helping others again, you
1: know, instead of just selling shampoo. (laughs) No, I absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, there was something you said and I'm trying to, re- I was like, Oh, remember that my, my brain. <laughs> I know Mom, I kind of had a blip too. Maybe we stepped into another dimension for a minute. <laughs> we just like leveled up into a new dimension. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the new show. No. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well,
0: it'll probably jump into my mind again and, and you too. So interrupt me if you need to. Um. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about manifesting and kind of like setting that intention. And how do we like, keep that path forward because life can get crazy. Right. And I'm, I'm living some crazy right now, but you know what I like? Oh, I remember where I was going with that actually now. (laughs) Um, when I, I was so busy in that job that like, sometimes I didn't even realize what I was doing, you know? And now as I'm growing, you know, regrowing like clientele and building this other business, I feel like I'm not busy enough, Mm. but what I realized I was telling myself was this story that like I needed to be grinding, 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 like we were talking about earlier. Right. And what I realized that what I have right now is probably what I dreamt of five years ago Mm -hmm. when I was still a single mom, before I met my husband and I, I wanted time to be with my kids and, and I wanted to be able to go pick them up from school when they were sick And, um, even though that really frustrated me this morning, (laughs) I have to remember that like, wait a minute, this is stuff that I wasn't able to do, but now I am able to do and provide them with a childhood very different from mine. So I think that, um, each time you take a step, um, and get to that other side of fear, um, you can look back and go, wait a minute this is, this is actually what I dreamt of, you know, was to feel like I had this freedom. So success evolves throughout life. So we can set new levels of success as we realize we hit a goal we had. Right. Right. Manifestation is a huge part of that. I know you are a big believer in manifestation and I am really, um, into working with three, six, nine now and the law of attraction. So It's a huge part of my day-to-day life and how I create my reality because energy flows where energy goes. So, what are some ways that you practice manifestation and the law of attraction in your business and your life?
1: It's interesting because I would say I didn't realize I was doing it until I was like, wait a minute, this stuff's really working. (laughs) Because I remember like I remember when the power of now that book came out. Yeah. Um, I was probably like 20. Well, when I found out about, it, I was around 22, 23 years old and 27 year old Laura was like, this is a bunch of waxed stuff." Like I wasn't <laughs> there, right. I wasn't there. And at the same time I was in a different phase of my life, but as I obviously matured and got older and I was more intentional about the business I was wanting, I was noticing that like, when I put, my energy and my thoughts and my time towards what I really wanted like it was coming really easily to me and I was like what this is weird like I didn't think this was really like how is this manifesting and so I learned more about what manifesting really is and it is taking your thoughts and putting them into reality whether that's writing them down paper speaking them into existence um Putting your focus intentionally on what it is you're wanting, visualizing, all of those things really help with putting your subconscious into the place of figuring out the problems or figuring out the solutions behind the problem so you can get there faster. Yeah. And there are definitely seasons, especially now, as like a new mom, that I'm like, I forget about it and I'm busy and I don't have time to focus on it and life feels crazy and chaotic. And when I refocus again, my subconscious is like, Hey, I'm still here. I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting on this project for you to give me. And yeah. then it starts to kick in again. So part of manifestation though, really does start with working through limiting beliefs. Cause yeah. if we don't believe it's possible, and if you find the evidence that it's not possible, your subconscious can't do its job. So working through what is holding you back is going to be like step number one. Yeah. So I can I, I continuously challenge myself because new level, new devil. Every time I, I get myself into a new room or in, through a new glass ceiling, another set of limiting beliefs come up and I'm like, Oh, you're here again. I thought we were done. Right? <laughs> and I have to really layers of up. an
0: onion. I'm telling you, they just
1: make me <laughs> cry. they do make yeah. me cry. Um, they challenge me. So that's definitely like something I'm intentional about working through when I opened my studio. So I, I stepped away from working for, for a salon, um, almost four years ago. And I knew I had what it took to be successful. There was no fear in that. But of course, there's fear in this, In our client's going to follow me. Am I going to make this work? Am I really going to make the money I'm hoping to make? Um, yeah. Do I have what it takes to do all the work that goes into running a business? And I was very intentional about putting my prayers out there and really saying, like, if this is the path I'm supposed to take, please make this road as easy as possible. And if it's not like put a roadblock up, like make this an easy no for me to not pursue. Right. And every friggin' door flew open to the point where I was like, I'm not prepared. Please like sabotage me. Cause I don't want to do this. Like, I think I want to do this, but I'm still really, really scared. And <laughs> it, it was ready, but I'm not that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. <laughs> um, I opened my salon. Um, and within like 30 days, I was back, I was busy and booked. Like I hired an assistant. I was like booked to the brim, like everything worked out as planned. And it was an intention that I set throughout even the first full years. Anytime I felt un- un- insecure or I felt nervous or unsafe, I was always, I put my prayers out there. I was very intentional and my books got filled. I got referrals in the door. Like it was to the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Can like, I can't believe this keeps working out the way it's supposed to. Right. So It really was just, it was not just putting faith and trust, but it was having the processes to work through the scarcity mindset and to be comfortable getting uncomfortable and to be able to be open-handed and receive and to just be unapologetic on what I was wanting and just trust it because of my discipline and dedication, it was going to work itself out. Even if it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, it was going to work out even better in the end. And it has. Right. Right.
0: And I, I'm glad that you said that last part, because the thing is, is that when we do manifest and this is a hard practice to get into, but when you set that intention, you're meant to release how it's going to play out, which has nice. uh, been something that's been a struggle for me. And I think probably for most people, because a human condition is to want to control what that's going to look like. And there's a difference between forcing and inspired action. And so I think learning that, but when you set that intention, you kind of need to let go of like how that's going to come into your life, because more often than not, it's going to be in a way where you're like, oh, I didn't think that was going to happen that way. And then also, like you said, greater than you could have imagined. And that kind of plays into like that whole getting rid of the lack mindset, you know, getting rid of limiting beliefs and removing some of those blocks, because when I, one. I learned this from a mentor of mine, but when I set intentions or affirmations or do Reiki and, and kind of, you know, help someone move through um, removing energy. And we're talking about what could take a place there or things that could happen. I always end it with this or something greater, Mm -hmm. which I think has been transformative for me because I think that, it's hard for us in our human mind to look past that scope of like what we can fathom, you know, and because the universe is limitless and we are divine beings and any, you know, all of these things are available is putting that at the end of, of something, this or something greater allows you to really let the universe work to its fullest. And something else that you said kind of triggered a thought too about, being intentional about where your thought goes, because manifestation doesn't know the difference between a positive and a negative thought. They're just going off of what is the thought, right? So making sure that you're, we can't always be positive. I'm not saying being rainbows and fucking butterflies all the time, but, you know, catching yourself when you're in that negative space. Um, so you can kind of bring it back.
1: Yes. You know, one thing that you just triggered in my mind just now as you're talking, and I may not unpack this to its full capacity, but it's an interesting conversation to kind of dive into. And it is about like our beings and souls, what you said being and, and so, you know, we're all souls on earth. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we truly, I believe, and especially after just having a child, I truly believe that like our little souls choose to come down and want to experience life in this season. Yeah. Or the time that we're allowed to be here. And if you think about like a soul without the body, right, just the soul, like it's free flowing and it's moving. And there's no, like, there's nothing essentially that's defined to it because there's no face, there's no body. It just is limitless. And we have that. I truly believe we have that within ourselves, right? We just are placed in this human body to have this experience. Right. And If you think about everyone has a soul and no one is higher, like there's no hierarchy in the soul community. We're all here on this place from the highest power. So with that said, for me, that creates more expansion opportunity, right? Like my biggest, my biggest problem that I've worked through my entire, it's been my life lesson is getting out of my own way. Yeah. Not, you know, inadequacy, thinking that I'm not enough, yeah. thinking that I'm not cut out to do this work, that someone's better than me. That they're smarter than me. They're prettier than me. They have more accessibility than me. And I've really had to like work on this because no one is ordained to have a better life than you are. Right, I do believe our are people that are born into situations that are not ideal and that are out of their control. So I I want to just brief, kind of briefly to say that I understand there's things that do get in the way of, of other people's being. So, um, and that's a whole other conversation I'm not going to dive into right now. Right. And at the same time, we do always get a choice and opportunity to expand our lives in ways that we can move past what's blocking us. Yeah. So it's like, I think about at the end of life, if there's things I really wanted to do, what is really stopping me from doing them? Right. And if it's resources, obviously I need to learn, I can do education. I can put myself in rooms. I can do everything I can to like, learn to be um, in in that place of where I can like let's just say open a salon or become an educator or make a million dollars like I can learn how to do those things right um, if it's like working on yourself you can like work through like your limiting beliefs like there's a lot there's not that much that's really stopping us from getting to where we want to be other than like just our own belief and what we think we're capable of doing and if you think about our soul's purpose and the fact that it's limitless and that we have so much opportunity like why can't we have it why like, right. can't we have it all right we can. And I think too, part of that,
0: like every soul has its journey and I'm, yes, we're, we're right here on that. Um, I think that a lot of that is breaking through the programming that is just part of the human experience. And what I do feel strongly right now is there is this huge shift in the energies where a lot more people are open to this kind of idea of, connecting to self and really, um, trying to understand like what a soul's journey is and that, that all of a lot of these limiting beliefs are built out of a sort of programming that kind of happens through life, you know? And, um, I think younger generations aren't as inclined to the programming that maybe our generation and our parents' generations were, and that's, that's freeing in a lot of ways, you know? But, um, I think it comes down to that. That's where the healing comes into play, which allows, I think, more room for this expansion to happen. Um, and I, I, that's where I think like mentors for others like you and I, and I'm sure we have our mentors that have brought us to this place. And, and I'm a huge advocate for finding those people that, that you, that resonate with you and help you feel like, um, you can see, um, more than what maybe you were raised to believe was possible. Um, no, I love that conversation too. And I, I think we could probably get really far off
1: with that sometime. <laughs> we could get real deep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, a different time.
0: We'll, uh, we'll save that for a future podcast. Yes. Um, so the power of positivity is key when setting your intentions for manifestation. Um, we talked a little bit about that earlier, I like to use, I am statements. Um, You just really want to make sure that you, when you're setting these affirmations, you're choosing positive already happening, which is really hard to frame sometimes, Mm -hmm. Uh, but these sorts of affirmations. So two of the ones that I kind of use is I am love and I live in love and light and money flows to me freely as my income exceeds my expenses. So the power of positivity is key when setting those intentions. What are some affirmations that you use to weave positivity and that feeling of it's already yours when you manifest?
1: Oh, I used to be the queen of this. I again, it's the last like year has been a wild ride. So my, yeah. my affirmations have kind of gone out the window a little bit, but I do remind myself and I say this a lot within the work I do with others is you're right where you're meant to be. Mm. So if things are feeling really hard, you're right where you're meant to be. Like you're probably in a season of change Yep, and that's okay for it to feel hard, but you're yep. right where you're meant to be. Yep. Um, I also like to make sure that I kind of use not just I am statements, but I feel statements and I know statements and I have statements. Mm-hmm. So that kind of works through different parts of the chakras. It's allowing you to connect with those feelings and emotions in different ways of still owning that and having availability to that, but then like embodying it in different parts of the body. So you have the freedom to say, to feel, to see, to do, to have, and that's really been helpful with affirmations when I do remember to use them. (laughs) And when I'm working through those things, um, usually a lot of mine right now have been, um, I am safe. Yeah or I feel safe and not that I've never been unsafe, but again, when my nervous system feels unregulated, I have to remind myself like I'm safe. It's okay. I've been experiencing like, strange, like almost like panic attacks, which is, I yep. think just a new thing I'm learning as a mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Lots of strange things come strange. up after motherhood. I'm pretty sure I have adult onset anxiety. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like intrusive thoughts. Sure. Bring them on. Yeah, panic if, why not? <laughs> so I, I'm definitely, I've been going through personally a lot of healing in the last year. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's a lot of reparenting, which isn't only showing up for my son, but it's showing up for my younger self too. Yeah. And doing, I do a lot and I, this is so silly. It's been like four years of intentional younger, like younger child work Yeah, the inner child. Yeah. Um, and reparenting her. Yeah. And that's been really helpful. Even how I show up in like podcasts now, Absolutely. I used to be really nervous about, I've always loved public speaking, right? I've always been nervous to use my voice. And so much of that goes back to my younger self um, and the trauma she went through and things. And I've had to really work with her. So I see it changing and how I show up and how I even just lead. And that, that for me brings in a lot of confidence that I used to not have, even though I like, I faked it, (laughs) make it till you make it. I did that.
0: I mean, I think we all have those moments, but when you are, uh, once you start that kind of enlightenment path or that evolution or that like really seeing beyond what that normal human ex- quote unquote normal human experience is um the universe is going to continue to show itself and give you little like hey check this out or hey you know it's it's never um, a a friend of mine said to me once we were having a conversation along these lines, and he just said, always becoming. And I was like, you know, that's really stuck with me because it is an always becoming situation. I'm always becoming a new version of myself or knowing myself better, or I love the idea of inner child work. I think we all could use that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I'm on my own journey for sure. And I think that, um, Allowing yourself to be where you're at, like you said, and to feel the things that you're feeling are important because a lot of that programming is to shove that down. You don't need to feel that feels yucky. Just shove it down there. Let it, you know, you don't want to process that. And and I work a lot through Reiki and, and my mindset coaching with telling people like, allow yourself to feel because you know, that thing that you're afraid to feel once you allow yourself to feel it and look at it and say, well, what is this meant for me? Does it still serve me? Do I need to let it go? It typically isn't as scary of a thought as we originally thought it would be like, it's, it's an experience. It's a, it's something we're meant to process and move on from. And you triggered my kind of um, Reiki principles are kind of something that, that, that kind of Popped off for me in that, like um, you know, allowing yourself to be where you're at. So there, those principles are just for today, I will not anger, just for today, I will not worry, just for today, I will be grateful for all my blessings. Just for today, I will work with honesty and integrity. And just for today, I will be kind to all living things. And I think that the poignant part to that for me is to allow yourself to just be in the moment and not put too much pressure on yourself and and check in and say, hey. Today, this is my best, you know, and, and that's going to vary from day to day and that's okay. You know? Um, so I, I, yeah, I like that too. Okay. Yay for healing. It it can be very painful and it can, um, I don't want to do this anymore, but I'll tell you what, this is what the universe knocks and it'll tap you gently. And I'll be like, Hey, Hey, you, Hey, and if you don't listen, eventually it's going to end up smacking you upside the head, you she know, uh, to get you to kind of move to that next level. So I think that, um, for those of you listening, if either one of us, you know, kind of our thoughts resonate with you, it, uh, to me, that's a sign, reach out, see how we can kind of help you, um, on your path of always becoming. And right now it was, um, I usually pull a card and not always, but typically I will when I'm doing um a podcast and i was inclined to earlier and so the card that i pulled was openness which i find interesting That's so. so good um observe evaluate and make inquiries before forming a conclusion when the moon is waning in the crescent phase it is a good time to begin to review endeavors and correct mistakes it is time to throw out what ne- What you no longer need and clear away excess and old energy, including any clutter you may have accumulated. In addition to discarding excessive material things in your life, eliminate any unhealthy behaviors and relationships. You may find that you're trying to decide between two options. This card is not about making a decision, but more about taking the time to really listen to your heart and your inner voice. Ganesha advises you to gain more information before you act. This knowledge can be in many forms, including your innate knowledge, self-knowledge, secret knowledge, or even more esoteric wisdom. You may find that what you're attaining might both be mysterious and magical. Once you have all the necessary information, you will begin to feel
1: motivated to set some new goals and start new projects. That's beautiful. I can relate to that. <laughs> that was like I had a I met my therapist last, last week on this day last week. So um, and a lot of our discussion was about not making decisions. There's a place I, I find myself feeling like frustrated when I'm like, I just don't know and I can't make a decision. Yeah. And I want to do it all. And she's like, what if you just don't have to make a decision. What if you just give yourself till May and just let yourself witness what it is you might need because something Mm -hmm. might come up between I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't don't have to decide. Like it's funny (laughs) because yeah. And I, I think like, not just social media, but like, we've been all trained to like, well, if, it, if it feels bad, make a decision. And if it's not serving you, make a decision. You're like, but it's not that easy. And then if you feel like you're not making a decision, then that's also an answer. And then you get in your head and yeah. maybe it's just allowing things to unfold the way they're supposed to. I always say this in my salon is that either clients, people, whether it's like a, a, an employee and, or somebody who's in your business, whatever it is, they will work themselves out one way or another. Yeah, It will either work itself out for the better and it will work or they'll work themselves out and you don't have to make a decision. And yeah. it always happens. Like I, I don't think I've ever had to fire a client because they yeah. always worked themselves out of my business. Right. Like maybe I set boundaries and they're like, Oh, I'm not welcome here. Totally yeah. cool. That was way that it, it does work itself out. Yeah. And You don't always have to make an irrational decision.
0: Well, and I think that's, we, we tend to be a reactionary people where you're in, and, and sometimes you come out as like, um, an asshole, you know, yeah. where, cause you're not like allowing yourself to just like fully process the situation and make a response instead of reacting. And when you take that time to step back and look at everything, you're able to make a more, um, um, uh, informed decision, like you said, maybe I just set some boundaries and if they don't like those boundaries and that's good, because I think too, especially in our business, a lot of times because hairdressers get in this burnout, they end up where they're the victim and the client's the aggressor. And, um, that's maybe because they've created an unhealthy space to allow, to allow that to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, like you said, a lot of that starts with your, your inner work, like, where are you at? Where do you feel like you're strong and or weak? And how can we help build those things up? So you're attracting the right situation and also setting boundaries for clients, because if we're letting them run Harry Carry like, and they don't have any like, good sense of self, then we're all kind of heading for disaster in a way, you know? Yes. So, um, no, I love that. And I, I actually had addressed to some of this stuff with my therapist as well. Like how do I, um, create good boundaries for myself and my clients and, and to have a good home work-life balance. I think this is something that, you know, we all, um, strive for. And some people don't think is attainable. And I, and I definitely do. I But as success evolves in my life, I have to continue to check in and say, Hey, where do I need to, you know, adjust? So, yep.
1: and I love helping people on that journey too. <laughs> you know, I know it's like, and that brings us back to the beginning. We're multifaceted with too much yeah. to do and not have time on our hands. <laughs> yeah. yep, yep. 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 Exactly.
0: Uh, well, I've, definitely love this conversation. I think that we have so much in common. I can't wait to continue to grow and get to know you, um, even more. And maybe we'll talk more about some of those soul's journey topics another time. Oh, totally. We will. We absolutely um, will. Yeah. As a closing question, I do like to ask this. So, um, as a stylist who is also on a mission of sharing mindset and self-care, I would love for you to share with our listeners, how, you take steps to avoid burnout and protect your peace, um, behind the chair. Um, and so you can then cre- kind of create and cultivate your dream career in life. Hmm.
1: That's a good question. I've never been <laughs> asked that question. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I feel really lucky and blessed because I have had an opportunity now and I've been in Dallas for 10 years. A lot of my clients have been with me for a very long time. And, or if they are new, I'm, I've been working on obviously boundaries and having good communication. So I feel like so much of this answer might be kind of like threaded through just how I operate behind the chair and how I communicate with my customers and the boundaries I do set because I don't have a lot of people that cross those boundaries. And if they do, let's just say someone like is communicating with me, like on a Sunday night at 8 PM, like I'm just not going to answer because I have a business. Like I have a family and I have a business. Those are two separate things. Right. So I think for me, it's just practicing have to know the way that I I teach my clients and my staff how I want to be treated. Yeah. And I expect the same respect in return. Yeah. So if for some reason, like, let's just say I get like an email or a text and it comes through on my footwork line, like I don't feel a responsibility to respond because it's outside of my working hours, and they're posted everywhere, yeah. and I don't get upset about it. Now, Laura, like five years ago, would be like, I can't believe that they're reaching out to me on a Sunday at eight o'clock at night. That yeah. might be that might be for that person, like, oh, if I don't do this now, I'm going to forget. Yeah, mad at that person, it's totally fine. Or if they come in with an expectation of like, I was hoping we were going to do all this all these things. And I'm like, well, we only have this much time. Like yeah. it's my responsibility to communicate that. Yeah. So I really would say the best advice is take responsibility for your actions, for your yeah. business. Yeah. So that protects your peace. And you have a response that, because I know that about myself and I know my my limitations that I don't overpromise things and then kick myself in the pants later for, you know, going beyond my boundaries. I said, cross a boundary and it makes you mad. Like, you know, it's a boundary. Don't let it happen again. Like it's your responsibility to stop that. Right. No, I love that. And
0: I think that, that you, I mean, you really just kind of hit it on the head because you're like, I don't. I don't want to say I, you're saying I don't feel that, but I feel like I already kind of have a little bit of control over that because I've built my business this way. My clients know what the expectation is. And then it's up to me to enforce it. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: um, you mentioned your work phone and this is something that I did not do many years ago, but I have now I, I have two phones, you know, and, and sometimes people think it's crazy, but My phone is connected to my app. My work phone's connected to my Apple watch. And when I'm off work, those go into my office and I'm done with them for the night. And that way, if I want to go, um, look at reels or watch videos on my phone, I'm not getting those messages. And that's been something that's been life-changing for me, especially when I was in the sales arena because not imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Never. listen, shampoo emergencies are real, yeah.
1: <laughs> very, very real, very real,
0: especially when you're at the bar at midnight. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's like, uh, I think having that, that, that boundary conversation is super important. And it's something that people really forget. They're like, Oh, well, I'm going to let my client down or, Oh, I'm going to lose that money. Well, who cares if you're crazy, you know? So I think, um, helping people walk through those steps to set those things into place, make a huge difference. And you're right. If someone texts you at eight o'clock at night with a hair emergency, you do not have to answer at eight o'clock at night. And, um, you know, yeah, I like that though. Having that in place is inherently going to help you, um, run your business better, not feel burnt out, which is going to allow you to be more present for your clients and your family.
1: Yeah. And it will weed out the people when I was really implementing those systems, especially after the first year and be like, wow, this is way too much. There were clients that got upset that I wasn't responding back quick enough. And that's not my fault. Like that's, I have like taken, I don't take responsibility for how other people feel. That's something okay. I really focus on. It's like, it's not my responsibility to make you feel heard and seen like, here's my policies. And if it's not something you're comfortable with, then you can go to a different salon and abuse them (laughs) because you're not going to abuse me. I probably, I'm not going to let that shit happen.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think too, you, you end up like, you end up like moving on from the clients that don't resonate with the way you choose to run your business. yeah. And then you end up further embracing the ones that do. And it ends up just being a better space to live in. I like to, I double book, but I always make sure I finish everybody. When you're in my chair, your number, your numero uno, I don't short sight services because I do that. Sometimes I run behind. Um, That's just how I've always been. And my clientele knows that they know that if I'm 15 minutes late for them, that means they're going to get that 15 minutes back, you know, and that I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm just saying, it's an example of like, you set the tone for what your clients are going to either want their stylist to be or not be and if it's not then they can move on to someone else that fits that well again i love this conversation it was so nice hanging out with you today um what are the best ways for
1: people to get a hold of you Social media, obviously Instagram, I hang out there not as much as I used to, but I'm very easily found there. So I am Laura Elizabeth. Um, and then I have a website as well, too. You can find that within the link in my Instagram bio um, and you can connect on there. I have actually a handful of free resources on my website and other offerings as well that you can explore. So it's a really actually fun website to kind of putts around and, and pull up and take what you want from it.
0: Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: thank you for tuning in to the Grounded Stylist podcast. Remember, your journey is not just about creating outer beauty, but also about nurturing your inner self. So keep aligning your energy, embracing your uniqueness and cultivating your dream career in life. This is Brooke Kenyon, your guide and coach. Until next time, stay grounded, protect your peace, and live in love and life.